football um the football segment of the fantasy fanatics podcast i'm your host once again james and i'm joined once again by nate what's up man so all right in today's football podcast uh we have a a lot of stuff on the table here Uh, we'll talk about the new uh 17 game season in the nfl starting in the 2021 season it was just approved um in a meeting uh, in the nfl so we'll talk about that uh, and then we'll just talk about a few of the free agent signings that happened this past week. Uh, there weren't too many, but we'll definitely cover that. And then we'll hop into our top 12 defensive teams uh, for fantasy um, half point PPR for the 2021 season. Um, we're not going to be talking about individual defensive players. We're just going to be talking about uh, defensive team scoring. So um, as, as that is the standard in Yahoo League. So um, we'll just talk about... Uh, our early look at, at who the top 12 might be. So, uh, Nate, let's just hop right into it. Uh, the first things first, the 17-game season. Um, it's now official, and it's going to start for the 2021 season. Uh, the owners voted in approval of it. Apparently, it was a 31-to-1 vote in favor of yes. So um, pretty much all the owners wanted it to happen. Obviously, it generates more revenue. Uh, let me just get your thoughts on this 17-game uh, season that, that was just approved. Uh, I think it's good for the fans. And obviously, it's good for the owners because they make more money. Um, I guess some players seem like they were kind of against it, I guess. Possibly for health reasons, possibly like... Um, the contract becomes worth less in the short term. So I guess if the, hopefully if the revenue for the teams uh, get higher, then hopefully that'll be able to kind of cover that for the players. So they don't feel like they got cheated or anything like that. But I guess um, we'll have to see just how um, it turns out, I guess. Yeah. From what I heard, there is going to be a player bonus definitely uh, for players that do play the 17th game of the season um, or like players would probably sit out. Um, It's something that definitely would happen. So I believe they are going to be adding bonuses to the contract, Um, whether they count towards the salary cap or not. They probably don't, but um, I'm not a hundred percent sure about how that's going to work. I will definitely have to see what happens uh, in the the coming uh, months for that. Um, But yeah, that seems like it's exciting. Um, It seems like, um, there might be uh, less ties, I guess, for, for teams going into the playoffs. I guess it maybe it's a week that can sort of break some of the ties. Like if there's two eight and eight teams, maybe a nine and eight team would get into the playoffs and then an eight and nine team would miss. So I think it's de- generally easier to, to define teams. There aren't any even teams anymore. You're either a, a, a higher win team or a higher loss team now. So how do you feel about that? I think in terms of that, it would be better, especially because it's like odd numbered. You're not, you're not gonna have to like do some like more complicated like analytic type stuff. Like, oh, you got to look at win loss percentage or anything like that. It's just pretty straightforward. You you lost le- less, so you get to go in the playoffs. Well, I mean, unless there's a tie, then a team could technically be eight eight and one, but that's like on a rare case. <laughs> 
I mean, stranger things have happened in football, so you never know. Yeah, you can't rule it out. Like, I mean, uh, uh, a 6-10 and 10 team almost made the playoffs this year from the <laughs> NFC. So uh, there have been strange things going on. But anyways, let's just look at some of the matchups that they've announced for the 17-game season. They're actually doing AFC versus NFC matchups. So that's pretty interesting. Uh, some key matchups here. I mean, we can talk about first year Cleveland Browns uh, facing the Arizona Cardinals. What do you think about a, that kind of a matchup? That seems like it's an exciting game. Yeah, that seems like it's going to be pretty back and forth. Like, I know J.J. Watt, uh, Cleveland was trying to get him, and then he went and signed with Arizona, and now he's going to be on the other side. So that that's pretty interesting, I feel like. Yeah, I guess it'll uh, be weird, a little bit weird for Cleveland fans because obviously why would you not want J.J. Watt on your team? Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely a big matchup for my New England Patriots facing off against Mete's Dallas Cowboys. That's going to be that's going to be an exciting matchup. I know uh, we don't get to play Dallas that often. I think once every three or four years it happens. So um, it's definitely something I'm looking forward to. I can see a lot of trash talk in the chat that's going to happen now. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then uh, just looking at some of the other matchups here, the LA Rams against the Baltimore Ravens, two really solid defenses. And, um, yeah, that's going to be a good matchup. we got Tampa Bay against Indianapolis. That's another good matchup there. you got Carson Wentz against Tom Brady. Um, I don't know, uh, Kansas City against Green Bay, another really solid matchup. Uh, two uh, final four teams from last year. So that's pretty solid as well. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Are there any other games on that slate that really stick out to you? Hmm, not specifically, I guess. Uh, maybe, I guess, did we mention Seahawks versus Steelers? Uh, no, we didn't. Yeah, that's another good matchup. You're right. Okay, um, yeah. Definitely. Um, assuming Russell Wilson and the others are still playing for the Seahawks and assuming Ben Roethlisberger isn't replaced at quarterback, that's going to be a really good head-to-head quarterback matchup. So definitely another game to look forward to, but yeah, um, a 17 game season. Um, it's going to feel weird at first. Um, I'm not hundred percent sure how um, fantasy is going to work in that regard. They haven't really announced like the dates for everything and uh, we'll have to see how they implement it into the fantasy schedule, whether fantasy will actually go for 17 weeks or whether it'll still be 16 weeks as it normally is. Yeah, we'll have to see what happens. All right. And just moving on into free agency news, um, just looking at some of the signings from this week, uh, just taking a look at a few. We'll start with the Seattle Seahawks. Um, and they made a couple uh, of signings, uh, re-signing both um, Carlos Dunlap and uh, Tyler Lockett. Uh, Dunlap signed a two-year deal and it was worth around uh, $16.6 million and 8.5 of that is guaranteed. Uh, he came in that trade uh, from Cincinnati mid-season and uh, he just looked really solid uh, for the Seahawks. Uh, he added a big presence there in the pass rush. Um, what do you think about the signing of Dunlap? Um, I think uh, with him around, that's going to allow the Seahawks to put more pressure on the quarterback. And see, the Seahawks are historically a good defensive team, so that's always good. 
Yeah, and then for Tyler Lockett, it was a, a four-year extension, $69.2 million with $37 million guaranteed. A fantastic deal for him. Uh, Lockett had a pretty solid year last year. So with him and Metcalf both under contract, I feel like that uh, the wide receiving core for the Seahawks team is pretty solid going forward. Yeah, for sure. I mean, again, this is like the deepest division in the league, arguably. So it's going to be tough to see like how successful it ends up um, turning out. But I guess in that division, we're going to see a lot of like back and forth. Oh, yeah, I could see that for sure. Uh, definitely going to be a back and forth division. All of the teams might be within like two or three wins of each other, uh, similar to how it started out last season. So it's going to be a really solid year overall. And then just uh, moving on uh, to the Baltimore Ravens. I know they were looking for a wide receiver. We announced last week that T.Y. Hilton, he didn't go to the Ravens, but he ended up re-signing with the Colts. So instead, they signed Sammy Watkins to a deal. And let me just pull it up here, uh, how much that deal was worth. Um, yeah, so they signed him to a deal. It was for one year, and it was $6 million with $5 million guaranteed. So not too bad. It's more of like a show-me type contract. Um, uh, I know Kansas City really didn't have the room to keep him. So um, how do you think uh, Watkins will do with Baltimore? And do you think that he can sort of open up that offense? I think he's a pretty solid wide receiver. It's just that he doesn't, I guess, get as much chances to kind of show his talent. But uh, he gets used pretty often in the red zone and I guess in in like short pass situations. So if there's like a fourth down or something like that, you're probably going to uh, see Watkins shine, I think. Or again, in the red zone, he opens up the offense pretty good there. So, Yeah, for sure. I can definitely agree with that. Um, speaking of someone who really opens up the offense and spreads the field, uh, the LA Rams uh, have signed Deshaun Jackson uh, to a contract. I know Jackson's getting up there in age, um, but yeah, they, they signed him to a contract. It's a one-year $4.5 million deal, and he can get up to $6.25 million with incentives. So, I mean, uh, clearly he wants to play in the NFL, and clearly he can still stretch the field as a deep uh, wide receiver. So, I think this is a win situation for both sides. Yeah, I think the Rams are going to be really happy because this is really good um, value, 4.5 million deal for someone like Deshaun. And Deshaun gets to, I guess, play football even longer and he gets to kind of extend his career. Yeah, and I mean, Matt Stafford has a big arm, so he's going to be able to stretch the field with Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, I, I mean this was already like a playoff level team. And then that they added the Sean Jackson. Yeah. I mean, this team's just getting deeper and deeper, uh, like you said, and yeah, they're going to be one of the top teams next year. Like they could even win that um, NFC West division, that tough division. I could really see the Rams winning it. Yeah. This is like, I think this is going to be a team that I think everyone is going to look forward to. Yeah, I know definitely in the offseason, we'll dive into each division and take a look at all the teams and how they might finish. But yeah, the the Rams are definitely, they definitely have a head start in this division in my eyes. And um, let's just hop to the NFC East, actually, a different division. And to the New York Giants, they signed a defensive tackle, Danny Shelton, to a one-year deal. I know he's a veteran in the league, but he's still very, uh, he's a very solid player. 
And yeah, uh, it really seems like that the Giants have bolstered their defense. Um, I know they put the franchise tag on Leonard Williams. We talked about them signing a Dory Jackson. Um, Danny Shelton uh, was signed, and then they signed uh, a few other players on defense. They bolstered their offense as well. I think that this team, uh, unless Dak Prescott uh, really plays at like the MVP type level and leads the Cowboys to a division win, I really think that the Giants have a chance to win the division with all this talent that they have on both sides of the ball. I mean, I guess we'll probably be talking about this later, but like the Giants have the chance to have like a top, not necessarily top 12, but they will be a top tier defense for sure. And um, they're running back Saquon Barkley is coming back as well. Yeah, and they added Kenny Galladay and Kyle Rudolph on the offense as well. Like, I mean, this team is going to be loaded heading into next year. They're going to have high expectations. And yeah, I could really see them taking a big step forward next year. Yeah, I know all the Giants fans want that for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, and just moving on to the Kansas City Chiefs, I know um, earlier this week, uh, the Seahawks released defensive tackle Jerron Reed. Uh, he then went and signed a one-year deal for $7 million with Kansas City, $5 million of that guaranteed. And I think that, that just adds more um, defensive pressure at the front end for the Kansas City Chiefs. I know they have guys like Chris Jones and Frank Clark, but this is just another body to just throw in there so that they can really pressure the, the quarterback because they weren't really able to do that much in the Super Bowl. Yeah, well, I mean, it's I mean, it's Tom Brady, right? So he kind of knows what to do. But I mean, you always uh, want more pressure on the quarterback if you can get it. And hopefully, I guess for the Chiefs, this kind of makes it even more difficult to play against them. Yeah, I mean, you could uh, say it was Tom Brady releasing the ball quick. You could say the offensive line for the Buccaneers was very solid because it was. Uh, you can talk about uh, Tampa Bay having a run game. There's so many reasons, but one thing's for sure, there definitely wasn't enough pressure from the Chiefs. So I think this definitely helps in that area. Yeah, and I guess it's going to be even tougher for everyone else as well because uh, the Chiefs were um, more doing more than competing with uh, the other teams in the playoffs. So now it's going to be like a complete nightmare to play against them. Yeah, and speaking of the Bucks run game, they re-signed running back uh, Leonard Fournette uh, to a one-year deal worth $3.25 million, and he can get up to $4 million in this deal. Uh, apparently, after they made this signing, uh, they said that Tampa Bay is the first team to bring all of the Super Bowl starters back uh, since the Raiders in the 70s. So that, that's insane what they've been able to do, bringing back all the starters, keeping them under contract. And uh, yeah, what do you think about Fournette deciding uh, not to go somewhere else, but to stay uh, in Tampa Bay? I guess he's committed to kind of um, helping Tampa Bay reach the Super Bowl again and possibly um, go back to back. And uh, what do you think of Leonard Fournette in terms of fantasy? I know he was very inconsistent last year. Do you think we'll see playoff Lenny in the regular season too? I mean, hopefully, but it's going to be hard to say because uh, I guess the offense runs through Tom Brady and he's very pass heavy. So I think whatever running he does is going to be kind of complimenting Tom Brady. Yeah, for sure. I can definitely agree with that. Um, and I think that's sort of the end of our free agency recap for the week. So let's just hop 
right into our top 12 uh, defensive teams uh, for uh, half-point PPR scoring for the 2021 fantasy uh, season uh, for fantasy football. And uh, we'll just do what we normally do. Um, you share your top three, and then I'll share my three, and then you go to next three, and then so on. And then we'll definitely sort of do a little bit of a recap at the end. So uh, let's just get right into it. Um, four defensive uh, teams, uh, who are your top three? All right. So for my top three, I have uh, Pittsburgh as one, uh, the Rams as two, and uh, Indianapolis as three. Um, I guess for Pittsburgh, the reason I put them as one was because they had the most sacks in the league. And I feel like sacks are a pretty good metric for defense. Like if you have a lot of sacks generated, you can usually count on your defense being, um, I guess, more consistent, more predictable. And they were also able to allow close to under 300. I think three, they had 306 points allowed on them and they had 18 interceptions. So I think all of that uh, puts them as uh, number one. And for the Rams, um, they were a top three defense outside of fantasy and they allowed under 300 points. And they also had a lot of sacks. They had 53 sacks. They had 14 interceptions. I think they had uh, eight fumble recoveries. They had four touchdowns. I mean, this is another really good team. You, They could finish ahead of Pittsburgh, but we'll have to see about that. And for the Colts, uh, they did finish third in fantasy. Um, they had, I think, 145 total fantasy points, something like that. And again, they also yeah, have... Yeah, 145, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they also have um, a lot of sacks. They got three safeties. Um, they, I think they had like a block kick, a return touchdown. They, they covered like a lot of um, categories for the defense. So I decided to put them at third. Yeah, um, I really like your top three. I have those three in the exact same order. I could definitely see those three finishing in that order. Um, just before I start uh, talking about them, one thing I noticed, I went through some of the stats for the defenses in fantasy for both this season and last season. Seems like offense was up in this season Maybe it's because defenses didn't get training camp, so they weren't really prepared for a lot of different offensive schemes. Uh, but definitely the totals from most of the teams came down from last year, generally. And then generally, like there was no team that scored over 200 fantasy points this past season. I know um, one team just blew last year out of the water. I'll get to them when we get to their rank and then there were many teams that were close to 200 uh, Pittsburgh was also close to 200 last year they had 182 fantasy points I know everyone thought that they played really well this year but in reality they didn't get as many fantasy points I know they had 182 in 2019 and then they had only had 148 in 2020 uh, that could be because of some of the injuries they had on their defense of course Bud Dupree getting hurt uh, I know he's gone now but that really hurt them. Uh, they didn't really have a replacement for him at the time. Um, some of the other bodies they they had in there um, got hurt. So um, I can kind of understand why Pittsburgh's totals might have come down. I know they had a really hot start to the year um, in terms of defensive scoring. Um, but yeah, Pittsburgh's definitely my number one. Um, they definitely have a defensive scheme that works. Um, they definitely have a, they have a team that 
you know, just relies on their defense so much. Uh, TJ Watt is just getting better and better as he gets older. So, um, I mean, he's still so young. Um, yeah, everyone said he got snubbed from Defensive Player of the Year, but he can win it next year. He's that good. Uh, so, uh, and and then their secondary, Joe Hayden, Minka Fitzpatrick, all the guys they have back there, just so solid. Uh, you can't throw on this team. You really can't. And their run defense is so solid. Um, they're just going to keep getting defensive touchdowns. They're going to get lots of sacks. They're going to get everything. Um, I know Fitzpatrick always gets lots of interceptions. So, um, yeah, definitely Pittsburgh's number one for me. And I have the LA Rams at two, um, just because of how much their defense can suffocate teams. I know um, even guys like Aaron Rodgers and, and other top end quarterbacks really had a hard time scoring against this team. They shut down Russell Wilson in the playoffs. Um, they just apply so much pressure, the amount of sacks, blocks, and even defensive touchdowns. I know they were winning games in the season because their defense would score the touchdowns. I mean, they put up 151 fantasy points that was more than um, even Pittsburgh. So, yeah, definitely uh, the, the Rams would be uh, number two for me. And then, like you mentioned, with Indianapolis Colts, I have them at number three. It's because of uh, how good their special teams are as well, um, getting those blocked kicks, getting those um, special team touchdowns. Um, those are all so key um, in fantasy football. So when you have that kind of special teams upside uh, that an already strong Colts defense has, uh, that definitely vaults them into the top three. Uh, in my opinion. So yeah, I have the Colts at number three. Sounds good to me, especially Blitzberg. So I guess I'll start with um, number four. Um, I guess that would be Baltimore for me. Um, they were top three outside of fantasy as well. And I think they allowed under 300 as well. I think they had 291 points allowed. They also had 39 sacks and two safeties. They had, I think, 10 interceptions, 12 uh, fumbles, three touchdowns, and they had one return touchdown as well. And they were like, they finished barely under um, Indianapolis. Like there was only like a four point difference between those two teams. So I think uh, four is a pretty good spot for Baltimore. And for five, I put Tampa Bay. Uh, the reason why is they didn't finish as high as the other um, top four teams, but just looking at the playoffs and um, and I guess looking in the regular season against, against the Chiefs in the fourth quarter, they were just able to flip a switch and that game ended up being um, really close. And then in the playoffs, they... Um, they made Patrick Mahomes look beatable, and they they ba they basically played like the best defense I think you can against Patrick Mahomes. So if they can do what they did against Patrick Mahomes, and they and they can do that like multiple weeks, I don't know if they're gonna do that like every week, but um, I think in terms of ceiling, they probably have the highest ceiling out of like all the other teams on the list. And I think for six, I put San Francisco. Um, they're another really high ceiling team. Um, they had a lot of um, big injuries, so they weren't able to, I guess, show how talented they actually are. But this is, a, I guess, a team that they went to the Super Bowl the year before last season. And 
I think they have guys like Richard Sherman, who he was out this season. And um, I know people, he got like criticism for like his age. People think he's not as good as he used to be, but I think he's still an elite defensive back and hopefully he'll be able to show it this season. So that's uh, my four to six. Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely a solid uh, three there. Um, for number four, I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, I probably could rank them higher, but um, the consistency, I guess, is my issue. The The three teams above them seem to be more uh, consistent on a week-to-week basis when it comes to being able to put up points. Um, but yeah, in terms of every every defensive metric, whether you're talking stat, uh, sacks, um, picks, talking um, block kicks, you're talking um, touchdowns, fumble recoveries, everything that Tampa Bay defense can do it all. Um, I know last season uh, they only had 119 fantasy points, um, but they did play in a tough division and they did not play uh, to their potential the first uh, seven or so weeks. So I definitely uh, want to give them sort of a pass on that. Uh, and even the year before, uh, they had 137 fantasy points. Uh, so they can definitely get back to that next year. And that would definitely put them in the top five with a number like that uh, in my mind. So definitely um, Tampa Bay would be number four for me. And uh, the Super Bowl was convincing enough for me as well. Um, when If you can do that against the best, arguably the best quarterback in the game right now, um, uh, I think this team can develop the consistency to do it on a week-to-week basis. So, yeah, I have Tampa Bay at four. Um, I have the Baltimore Ravens at number five. Um, and the reason I do is because they've been so consistent year to year. I know that they've added players, they've lost players, but they've just still been so consistent. 141 fantasy points last year, 154 two years before. Um, I don't have them in the top three because they're sort of on a downward trend. Again, they lost Matt Judon, so their number one uh, guy for defensive line pressure, he he went to New England. And then um, just some of their um, other players uh, I'm not completely sold on. Uh, their secondary is very good, though. Um, definitely guys like Marcus Peters, Marlon Humphrey, um, even uh, linebacker uh, Tyus Bowser, really solid. Um, Patrick Queen, another really solid linebacker. But I guess ma- mainly the front four, I'm not 100% sold on right now uh, on them being able to get sustained pressure. And if you can't get pressure, then teams are going to be able to run the ball and quarterbacks are going to have time to pass. So you might see a little bit of a regression from this Ravens team, but uh, they have been really consistent, which is why I can't have them outside my top five. They're, they're very solid. Um, and then for number six, I, I just mentioned them, and that's the New England Patriots. The reason I have them at number six is because in 2019, um, they were the number one ranked defense. They had 232 points for fantasy. Uh, that's insane. Um, they were getting a touchdown almost every week. They were holding teams to under 15 points every single week. Uh, they were just playing insane. Stefan Gilmer was defensive player of the year. He only allowed, I think between, it might've only been one touchdown in his coverage the whole season. And even that, um, he was being paired with another player. Uh, so it might have, he didn't allow a touchdown in his single coverage the whole season, pretty much. So Stefan Gilmer was just so solid for them. He should be healthy this year. Most of their defense should be back healthy. The opt-outs, guys like um, Dante Hightower and others should be back. 
Uh, they signed Matt Judon. We just talked about that. They signed Jalen Mills to play safety since Patrick Chung retired. Uh, this team is just stacked on the defense. Um, young guys like Chase Winovich, uh, Dietrich Wise. Um, like, I mean, uh, J- we can even mention JC Jackson. Like, I think at one point in time, he w- he almost had the lead for most interceptions last year. Like, he was just playing so good. Um, there's no weakness on this defense. Um, the only uh, reason I wouldn't have them in my top five is because of, like, their run defense was not solid last year. Um, Matt Judon came in. Uh, they, they brought back Kyle Van Oy. They, they brought guys in. So if that run defense improves, yeah, they can be number one ne- next year, absolutely. But uh, until I see an improvement on the run defense, I can't rank them in the top five. So uh, New England's number six for me. Sounds good. And for, I guess, my number seven, I put um, Washington. I put them at seventh because uh, they were um, top five outside of fantasy. Um, they got, I think, 47 sacks, 16 interceptions. So, again, you normally want to have a lot of sack. Well, you always want to have a lot of sacks on a defensive team. Um, the I think the only thing holding them back is their points allowed. It's over 300 at 317 points, but... In terms of like every other category, I think they're they're a solid team, but it's kind of hard to see if they're going to be um, top five either in fantasy or outside of fantasy this year. Um, when you I guess see the other teams above them, like San Francisco's coming back, um, Tampa Bay really high ceiling, Baltimore. So it's gonna be tough to see um, if they can get into the top five, especially in fantasy. So I decided to put them at seventh. And then for eighth, um, eighth and ninth are the, I guess, Miami and New Orleans. I think outside of fantasy, they were, uh, they were tied um, in terms, terms of their ranking. So they are very um, close as teams. I think they both have 18 interceptions their fumble recovery is really similar. I think their touchdown difference is only like one. They both have a, a blocked kick. So uh, very similar teams, but um, New Orleans did allow a little bit more points. I think seven points, which is like basically a touchdown and a kick. So I guess that would put Miami over New Orleans. And then for a number, actually, I'll, I'll just go for eight and nine, yeah. Oh, so that was eight and nine. Okay. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll look at my next three. Um, I know you talked about the San Francisco 49ers. I have them at number seven. Um, we know why their points were down last year. They only had 90 fantasy points and that was because of all the injuries. Uh, Nick Bosa is coming back. Uh, Richard Sherman. Um, I mean, like, let's just, let's just be honest. This team, um, they're, they're pretty much going to be stacked all the way through. Um, yeah, uh, and then even uh, Emmanuel Mosley, uh, Jason Barrett, um, Kawan Williams, like all of the guys that they signed and brought in. Um, yeah, this team's just going to be solid. Um, and then Fred Warner, Pro Bowl uh, linebacker, um, really solid overall. Um, I can't see this team finishing outside the top 10 if they're healthy. So I'm definitely um, seventh seems like the right spot for them, uh, considering they are due for a bounce back. Uh, number eight, I have the Washington football team. And uh, I mean that their ceiling, we don't even know what that is. Um, their players are all so young. Guys like Chase Young, uh, Cameron Curl, 
um a lot of the young guys they have um yeah the, like chase young is he he's a future defensive player of the year in my mind he's just so solid as a player um he's like i don't know he just reminds me um like of of miles garrett like uh, you know the high draft pedigree coming in and just pretty much taking over as soon as he get, he got there um just similar to what miles garrett is doing in cleveland um i can see that from chase young um other coaches are complimenting him from other teams about how nfl ready he is even in in his first year this past year so um yeah this this redskins or redskins uh, football team uh, defense uh, I mean, we'll slip up on that all the time. I, I even say the the Oakland Raiders sometimes. But anyways, um, yeah, this uh, Washington uh, defense is just really solid. Um, and yeah, they're, they're going to keep getting better. So I have them at number eight. And then for number nine, I have the New Orleans Saints. I know they lost a couple pieces uh, in the offseason on their defense. I know they had to cut uh, some guys like uh, Kwan Alexander, um, and, and a couple other guys left as well. Um, but this team's still really solid. They have Cameron Jordan, pro bowler, uh, Demario Davis, pro bowler. Uh, they have guys like Marcus Williams, Marshawn Lattimore in the secondary. They're still really solid. Um, and they're, the defense is really going to have to win them a lot of games with Drew Brees not being there. So the offense is going to change. So definitely the defense is going to really need to step up. And we've seen them do it in the past. So um, I, I can't discredit the New Orleans Saints, but they definitely aren't in the top five just because of some of the pieces that they've lost. But I really expect the Saints to have a good defense this year, and I'll get it back to you. Yeah. So I guess for number 10, I decided to put um, Buffalo. Um, they did have 118 total fantasy points. Uh, they got a decent amount of sacks, 38. That's not bad at all. They got 15 interceptions, 11 fumbles. Three touchdowns, they got a return touchdown. So they're a pretty solid um, defense. And for uh, 11, I put Kansas City. Um, I think they have a very high ce- a ceiling, um, kind of like Tampa Bay, especially in the playoffs. You saw them like shut down teams. They were giving quarterbacks a really hard time. Um, I remember Baker Mayfield was trying to do all the plays that he could. Um, he was basically doing almost every everything right and it was still um, really tough and they came up short still against Kansas City they gave Josh Allen a really tough time they're putting a lot of pressure on him um, Josh Allen likes to run a lot and he was um, it was kind of tough to him to for him to kind of um, do what he usually does against Kansas City so in terms of ceiling they're higher than Buffalo they could get um, higher than the spot that I'm giving them but I'm not sure, I guess, how how much their potential they can play. So I just put them at 11 for now. And then 12, I put New England mostly just because I wasn't sure how they would perform next year. I mean, this coming season. Uh, they are a solid team overall. Um, 24 sacks, 18 interceptions, four fumble recoveries, three touchdowns, two block kicks, one return touchdown. So uh, they have a really solid team overall they could um finish higher higher as well and i'm just thinking like in the off off season depending on who they they signed um they could be um better better than 12th so that's my uh, it's 10 to 12. 
All right, and then getting to my uh, 10 to 12, I have Kansas City at number 10. Um, They've been pretty solid uh, overall. They're one of the teams that allows the fewest amount of points. So that definitely helps in terms of fantasy because, of course, you get points for not allowing points as a defense. Uh, Definitely, like you said, the sacks are there. Um, Definitely, they have a a good secondary. Guys like uh, Honey Badger uh, and other players they have back there. Uh, Legereus Sneed really broke out this year as a rookie. So definitely uh, I like what Kansas City is doing with their secondary. Um, but I, I guess that they definitely uh, need some improvements on the linebacking position. Uh, they might address that in the draft. So um, I have them a little lower for now. Uh, like you said, they definitely have that upside, that ceiling that they can get to as a defense. They definitely have been a top five defense before. I know um, in the 2019 season, they had 148 points. And then I know they dropped to 109 this past season, but uh, I can definitely see Kansas City uh, being better as a defense uh, this coming season. Um, and then number 11, I have the Miami Dolphins. Um, they, like you said, they were the top in the top five in points this year for fantasy, 143 points, really solid from them. They had loads of touchdowns, block kicks, sacks, fumble recoveries, everything. Um, I know that they have released some of the veterans on their defense and are bringing in a lot of younger guys, mostly through the draft uh, with a lot of draft capital, but um, their secondary is just so solid. Um, Xavier Howard, I believe, led the league in interceptions last year. He's solid. Byron Jones is really solid. He's a former pro bowler. Um, the Dolphins have a lot of good pieces on their defense, so I can definitely see them being in the top 12. And then uh, number 12, I have the Buffalo Bills. Uh, the main reason I have them there is because of the defense that they were two seasons ago where they had 134 fantasy points. And uh, Trey White was one of the best defensive players in the league. I know last year seemed like he had an off year. Um, I have them in the top 12 because I think that Trey White can definitely get his game back into form um, this coming year. Um, And definitely um, one thing for Buffalo um, that they might need to improve on. I know their secondary is really solid. Guys like Jordan Poyer, uh, Micah Hyde, we mentioned Trey White and others, but I guess just more of their front seven. Uh, Guys like Milano, really solid. Um, but I think they can maybe use one or two more pieces uh, there in that front seven to sort of solidify them, maybe get a bit more pressure. Like you mentioned, Patrick Mahomes was really just able to do pretty much whatever he wanted with that defense. Uh, That's one thing that I noticed about the Buffalo Bills is they couldn't generate enough pressure. So definitely if they address that in the draft, I think that they could uh, move up in these rankings. But yeah, uh, that's my top 12. Uh, and um, I guess just what are your thoughts? I know we have the same 12 teams, but just in different orders. Um, maybe what are your thoughts about uh, both of our lists and maybe maybe like two or three other teams that maybe could push their way into the top 12? I think in terms of one to 12, I think these are, you can be pretty confident that these teams are going to be somewhere in the top 12, um, I guess, by the end of fantasy. Um, I I was looking at some of the teams outside of top 12, for example, um, the Cleveland Browns, um, they do have a lot of pressure, but I've noticed when I watch their games, they just get burned for like major yards. And if you want to be top 12 in terms of defense, you can't allow that to happen. And the Browns were allowing that too consistently. Um, They do have uh, Denzel Ward and they are... um, they did sign some more help in terms of defending against the pass. So they're probably not going to get burned as much, but I'm not confident that 
um, they'll be able to stop um, long passes the way that these top 12 teams are. So I couldn't justify putting them on top 12. Well, I mean, they are getting Greedy Williams back this year from an injury. So I think that really could help boost their secondary. Uh, they signed John Johnson at safety from the Rams. So, I mean, they they did a lot in the, in the offseason. I feel like that they're my 13th uh, team uh, if we extended this outside of the top 12. I really like what Cleveland did. Obviously, they have Miles Garrett, Sheldon Richardson. Um, uh, they got Malcolm Smith coming back. Um, Malik Jackson, uh, they, they just got a bunch of solid players up front. Um, I'm not really worried about them up front. It's more on the, the secondary that really needs to improve. And I think that they can. I really like what Cleveland's done. Yeah, they're, again, they're a pretty um, sol- solid defense. I know, I know like um, a lot of people talk about Miles Garrett and he is um, extremely good. And if, if they get, I guess an, another really good lineman through the the draft. Um, it's gonna be kind of scary to to think about for like other teams having to face the Browns. Oh, absolutely, and yeah. Um, I like I said, I could definitely see Cleveland as sort of like my thirteenth team, and definitely pushing on Buffalo. Um, but I guess just from past point totals over the past couple of years, I think I I have more confidence in drafting a defense like Buffalo. Um, I just want to ask your thoughts maybe on a couple other defenses, maybe like the New York Giants or the Seattle Seahawks, or whether you had any other teams in mind that might be close to a top 12. I think Seattle Seahawks and the New York Giants, they're probably the two other teams that are scratching the top 12. Maybe they'll finish in the top 12, but I'm just not confident about it. I mean, Seattle is historically a good defensive team. So especially if you're like a Seattle fan, you've been watching them for a while, you know how good they are. Um, If you ended up picking them up, that's like a team that uh, you don't have to be scared of them like um, choking big time or anything like that. They're going to be pretty solid throughout the whole season. Uh, The the Giants, I think they're really solid as well. It's just that I'm not sure how good they'll be compared to the top 12. Um, But again, they are another team that's kind of they're on the outside looking in and they're going to definitely have a lot of weeks where they go off. And then you're going to, going to wonder why, like how come these team, this team wasn't um, drafted so early. So I think the New York giants are like, if you end up um, not getting a defense that's outside of the, that's inside the top 12 list, you could probably get like the giants and then they'll, they'll have like a lot of like underrated value for you. Yeah, for sure. Um, one thing I like about the Giants is that they held some big, pretty big teams to low amounts of points. Uh, I remember the, the week where they, they really frustrated Russell Wilson and then other weeks where they just uh, frustrated other teams. Um, yeah, it was just um, really something to watch um, for um, the, the New York Giants defense. I definitely think that they can improve uh, this coming year. Yeah, for sure. And I was um, looking at Chicago. Um, they do have a good defense, but I just wasn't sure um, this year, especially with like San Francisco coming back. It's just going to be um, really competitive this year in terms of defense. So I just couldn't really justify putting them in the top 12 either. 
Um, yeah, and definitely they're gonna have to sort of improve as a as a whole team. I mean, their defense isn't bad. Guys like Akeem Hicks, Khalil Mack, Roquan Smith. Um, you got Robert Quinn, Danny Trevathan, Eddie Jackson. I mean, this team's not bad. Um, I can give them credit. Like they're pretty solid, but at the end of the day, they got to produce at the fantasy level also, and they just haven't produced the way some of the teams uh, in the top 12 have. Yeah, I think, like, Chicago is, like, one of those teams that, like, they're missing, like, a couple of guys, or they're just missing something, and then you could probably see them in the playoffs once they get that something. And, yeah, I just feel like with this defense, they're, uh, I mean, they get sacks and stuff, but they're more of a coverage defense. They don't get a lot of picks. They're not really a touchdown dependent defense. Like, th- like you can't rely on them for like blocking kicks. That like the special teams for Chicago is not great, you know. So they can't really, like, you can't really put them over the top, uh, like it could for a, a team like Miami, who's great on special teams, Kansas City definitely, and, and so on. Yeah, for a team that relies on coverage, they're gonna be way too dependent on points allowed and. If like if you face someone like Patrick Mahomes, you can't rely on points allowed at all. He's just gonna destroy your team if you twenty plus at least. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> you're gonna need like sacks. You're gonna need interceptions in order to com- to compete with whoever you you're facing next week. Especially if that defense is facing someone like Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. Like you can't rely on points allowed against those even, kind of guys. Even guys like Dak Prescott, Kyler Murray, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. I mean, yeah. there's just so many quarterbacks like that, and I know that they definitely struggled against Aaron Rodgers a lot this past year. Yeah, for sure. So it's like they they just need, like, something, and then you'll be able to, to rely on them. But, like, until they get, like, that something, especially, like, edge pressure or something or being able to just uh, get picks, then I don't think you should uh, get them top 12. All right, uh, that sounds pretty good. And I think that's sort of the end uh, of um, this sort of uh, defensive rankings that we have um, for 2021 fantasy football. Um, Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at FanFanPodcast. We post picks for both NBA and NHL and definitely NFL once the season starts. Uh, We've been posting pickups for all the sports as well on the Twitter and Instagram. So definitely, if you need some pickups for fantasy, definitely give us a follow. We'll have our weekly pickups uh, for all the sports. And then make sure you check out the podcast on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts as well. Um, And we'll definitely have an Everything NHL episode coming in the next couple days. And we'll be back next week for another Fanatics football episode. So Nate, thanks again. And we'll talk to you guys on the next episode.